This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead, and this is the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, we have Blake Carter on, and he's going to tell us all about what he's up to in Austin real estate and just his whole journey. Hey, Blake, how are you? Good. Thank you for having me, Jordan. Pleasure to be here, sir. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. Before we get too far here, what is your favorite restaurant in Austin? Uh, my favorite restaurant, have you ever been to Bufalina? Oh, yeah. We love Bufalina. Yeah, uh, that's probably my, my favorite restaurant. I mean, probably some of the best pizza I've ever had, honestly, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always my go-to. Absolutely. And that's the Neapolitan-style pizza. I think they have a a location on Cesar Chavez and then a location yeah. on Burnett. Do you know of any yeah. other ones they have? No, it's just those two. Okay. Yeah. No, that's absolutely uh one of the best, if not the best, pizza place in Austin. So a great place. Honestly, in the country, man. I, I yeah. found out about it from uh, the Food Network. Mm-hmm. I saw like an episode of it on the Food Network. I'm like, dude, I have to try that place. And that was like six years ago. <laughs> yeah. I keep going. Yeah, it's amazing. Always love it there. So, Blake, real quick, who are you? How are you involved with real estate investing in the Austin area? Great question. Uh, I'm Blake Anthony Carter. I'm actually born and raised here in Austin. My mom had a, or she was she was a partner in a successful mobile home retail business. Like they had like a, a retail lot where they, where they sold mobile homes in uh, in Georgetown, and they also flipped houses, had some buy and holds, things like that. This is pre two thousand eight, so before the financial crash, and essentially after that, uh, my family's life got completely turned upside down. That entire business was essentially gone by 2010, and we actually spent two years of our life being deemed homeless by the city of Austin. Um, and that was—I always say—it was a really, really cool experience to go through as a kid. Um, obviously, not easy, but I'm really blessed that I got to experience kind of the power of real estate and the good and the bad ways. So we, we had an awesome life before that happened. And we still had an awesome life afterwards, right? Like we were very blessed, but um, we were in a completely different spot. And so I've kind of seen both sides of the spectrum, if that makes any sense. But with my mom being in real estate when I was a kid, I learned all about investing and credit scores and construction and negotiations just by proxy of being around it. I would literally just be in the office after school and all summer long, I would just be in their office. Right. And it was a really, really good experience for me. And so when I got out of high school, I actually didn't get accepted in any college I applied to, unfortunately, uh, but it ended up being, being for the better. But uh, I got out of high school and pretty much got right into real estate I worked in property management and did some light investing here and there, like where I could. I did a couple small flips, had um, like some small pieces of land that I would buy, you know, from like these land wholesalers I was working with. Um, Did that for like four or five years and worked my way up in the property management world as much as you can. 
I was a leasing agent, right? So you go to an apartment and the guy that shows you the apartment, like that was me. I did that for several years. Um, ended up being like a, essentially a trainer for one of the largest multifamily syndicators in the country. So I would like train their on-site teams and, and it, it, it was, it was a cool experience, but it was not at all what I wanted really wanted to be doing in my life. And so from that, I eventually got my license and was working with a local property management company, doing all their marketing and business development, essentially, and helping out and leasing, you know, one, one, one of those type of roles. And I was talking to a client that had wanted to work with us because he had these three houses that he wanted to rent out by the room. And he was already renting out the houses by the room and he wanted us to manage them. And I was like, sure, we'll do that. I go to the owner of the company and she's like, hell no, we are not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and essentially told him we couldn't do it. Six weeks later, he comes to me like on the side and was like, hey, can you just help me out? He doesn't have to be through, through through this company, but I just need help. I need someone to talk to the tenants and manage maintenance and all the things, right? So I had plenty of experience. I was able to do it. My partner, Jeremy, had experience in student housing. So he kind of understood how to rent places out by the room, kind of what, what the structure of that looked like a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, granted, these were like grown professionals and versus like students. It was a little bit different, but for the most part, he had a good structure. And so brought him in and he helped me with a lot of that as well. And essentially just started managing houses um, that I now know as co-living houses and learned all about that world. Um, had a couple more houses that I had brought on just kind of on the side. I had my real estate license. So my focus was to try and sell as much real estate as I possibly could, obviously. And this was just ancillary income to help me out. Um, I essentially ended up getting referred to another client um, that was doing a short-term rental. And he comes to me and he goes, Hey, do you guys manage short-term rentals? Do you guys manage Airbnbs? And I was like, we sure do. And we had never had, <laughs> I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll totally do that. And yeah. literally had him on speakerphone and I'm Googling how much do Airbnb management companies charge. And I told him the lowest number I could just to make sure I got the business and told him 12%, got it locked in at 12%, learned wow. all about air. Yeah. Super. That's low. cheap. It. it was cheap. <laughs> I got it locked in, uh, learned all about Airbnbs you know, how to price and how to make sure they're maintained well and communicate with guests. And man, long story short, grew that business, um, grew, grew the management business quite a bit from, from then, you know, we had probably six co-living houses and one Airbnb at that time. We now have about 25 co-living houses and over 70 short-term rental listings. Wow. So um, are you still doing the the Airbnb short-term rental management and the co-living management. Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here. And I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing. And I'd be able to help more people. Thanks guys. Yeah, we still are doing that. Okay. Um, and now, now we have a little bit more going on. So we, you know, like I said, we've we've done some investing here and there uh, before we did this. And mm -hmm. as of right now, we have two of our own single family homes, um, two pieces of land that we're buying and holding. And we have a 14 unit boutique hotel in Canyon Lake as well 
you're familiar cool. with with that yeah. area. Yep. Really, really cool property. Um, you know, we have our real estate team as well. And my partner, Jeremy, has a design team. And so we kind of brand ourselves as like a turnkey operation for short-term rental investors and, and co-living investors for that matter. Um, so people come to us, whether they already have a deal or they're looking to buy something, we can help them. We'll help them do all the setup, all the management, all the ongoing maintenance, everything. So we really offer as like a like a like a full service deal, and uh, yeah, that that that's kind of the quick and dirty of of what we do. My company's name is Cribs, stands for Creative Real Estate Investment Business Solutions, mm-hmm. and, and um, yeah, man, we have a lot of fun. That's awesome. So right now, do you own some co living and some short term rental, or is there a specific one that you focus on for yourself? Uh, for ourselves, we just own short term rentals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love co-living and in fact, had a, had a co-living property at one time, but no longer do still okay. really believe in the model. Um, but we don't have any right now. Yeah, no, I know a few people here in Austin that do really well with co-living, um, and short-term rentals. I would say in my experience, those two strategies are the best strategies for cash flow in the Austin yeah. area right now, short-term rental and co-living, um, just because it, it maximizes the revenue of the property. You know, rather than saying, "Hey, here's this property, I'm just going to rent it for this much," you're saying, "Hey, here's this property, I'm going to really juice up the revenue on it." That's awesome. I didn't know. Uh, we get asked all the time of, "Hey, do you know a co-living manager?" And there's just not that many of them out there. So yeah. it's cool that you did do that. And I, I want to go back. So I know you, you worked with your mom for quite a long time. Sounds like 08 was not easy on her. What lessons did you learn from observing all that happening to her that you kind of use in your business and your real estate life right now? Well, you know, there was so much going on at that Mm -hmm. time uh, versus now that Mm -hmm. um, isn't directly applicable, if that makes any Mm -hmm. sense. They were highly over leveraged as a lot of people were. You know, there was different lending standards that are not the same as they are now. Um, but really I would say to always have a backup plan for your backup plan. Right. Um, one thing that I like at the time, what, what, what I think that they were not doing in that business and what I even struggle with too, is like not being pessimistic enough, like really thinking like, what is the worst case scenario if I need to get rid of this property or, or if I can't rent it or whatever, always having a backup plan for your backup plan. Um, just to make sure that you're, you're always protected, estimating very conservatively, not just buying property to buy property, but making sure it's the right deal. Um, it's probably the biggest takeaway I've, I've learned from that. And also too, like on a, a away from just a, a real estate side of it, it's just, just to be humble because at any point in time, everything can be stripped away from you, right? Yeah. No, I like what you said about just taking your time finding deals. I think a lot of times it gets hard to do that because you feel like, you're in such a hurry. You know, if you're not finding a deal in a couple of days or a week, you feel like, oh, I, I must give up or I must just go buy whatever deal I can get my hands on. It's so right. hard. But we just look at things in such short time frames and such small, small areas. So that's a problem I've had myself is saying, oh, it's, you know, it's getting so frustrating. But then I look at the time frame. It's only been two months or one month since I've been looking, that's not a long time at all. And, and looking at it with the worst case scenario, I think it's funny because 
08 uh, really was, it was to do with the debt. And right. I wasn't in the business at that point in time, but I can look back and see that the debt had everything to do with it. It's right. funny. Well, I think funny is the wrong word. It's curious that a lot of commercial operators seemed like they did the same thing everybody did in 08, just a different way. Um, they they looked at debt and they said, hey, we can't, what, what, the rates don't work at the longer term fixed rate debt, but the rates at that short term adjustable rate debt will make our deals work. And everybody right. in the commercial side, and I know we're not we're not specifically talking about commercial, but everybody in the commercial side, it seems like, jumped on that train in the last few years. And that's true. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. It'll be interesting to see how that works out this time. And I I love the saying, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. <clears throat> Personally, I don't think the residential space is gonna see a lot of pain. But I think commercial space in the next year or two or three is going to be in a, a bad spot. And, you know, that's too bad because yeah. there's good people in that space. Agreed. Um, so, Blake, are you all only in the Austin area? I know you said you are you have a boutique hotel in Canyon Lake. So you all just right here in the Austin area. Have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community. And now you can join. GoBundance.com slash emerge. GoBundance.com slash emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole-life millionaire. Yeah, we're heavily prim primarily focused in the Austin area. Um, our, we, we have properties that that, that we manage um, all over Austin, San Antonio, and we recently got into Houston as well. Oh, cool. Um, and then the, the properties that we own are, um, we have a couple in Bertram. We actually like, I, I like the Bertram Burnett market a lot, hmm. um, just from like a long-term single family perspective. Um, and then we have the 14 unit in Canyon Lake. And then we have a couple others in um, in Rockport, Texas. Okay, so you're kind of on the the outskirts of Austin with some of those. Um, with Bertram and Rockport, are those long term or short term rentals? So the ones in Bertram, those are long term, and the ones in Rockport are short term rentals. So um, okay. I mentioned that like we have like some land, we're actually building short term rentals out there. Oh, cool! What kind of what kind of builds are you doing? Uh, so it's it's two pieces of property, and and they're they're right next to each other. Mm -hmm. And so we're currently building a, a four bedroom and a two bedroom um, on each piece of land. We're mm -hmm. trying to decide if we should hang on to both and rent rent them out, or sell one to kind of alleviate the pressure from from both of them and just rent, rent out the other. So. That's kind of in process. That's been my first experience with building, uh, which I had never had previously. So that's been a huge learning experience. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm honestly still still learning about it. I'm not, I'm not even sure that will be done this year. So. Oh, really? Well, yeah, when did you start construction? Uh, well, we started the whole process probably eight months ago at this point. Um, but, you know, we had to get permits and work with, architects and get the plans and i was basically just like being handheld the whole time you know just like asking people questions and going on to the next thing right like i kind of just 
have been flying by this by the seat of my pants with this whole building thing. But it's 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 been a good experience. We have a good uh, a good contractor that we're working with, so I feel good about it. Awesome. No, that's great yeah. to hear. You got a good team that helps a lot. Um, <clears throat> Blake, you know, it would see seem that you saw your your family go through all this these issues in 08 with real estate. What attracted you to real estate investing after seeing all the pain it caused them? Um, man, I was against it for such a long time, actually. Like I really was not like, I didn't want to jump into real estate. Um, I was against it in the fact that I think really because my mom did it and I didn't think it was cool. Right. Like I think that was a big part of it. (laughs) Um, and man, eventually just kind of gave into it. Like probably a couple of years into working in property management, I was like, okay, I got, I'm going to stop trying other stuff. I'm just going to go all in on this thing because it's, it, it was the only thing that really made, made sense to me. I'm not a very smart person. If anyone, if, if, uh, if anyone that knows me can tell you, like, I'm not very analytical, like I kind of just go with what I know. Mm-hmm. And so it was easier for me to eventually just be like, you know what, I'm just going to say yes. I'm going to, I already knew real estate. So it, did, it was easy for me to say yes to eventually, but the biggest hurdle I had to overcome was just like the ego of it. It was like, Oh, I got to do what my mom did. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it seems like you, you've got that, you, you have that inherent experience from learning from her and then learning yeah. by working in the property management industry. You know, I'm sure when you started, you were learning a lot, but you already knew quite a bit getting started. I'm also sure. So that, that helps a hundred percent. What would you say the biggest mistake you've made in real estate investing would be? Um, being too emotional on deals, that is something I constantly struggle with. Um, when I'm looking at properties, when I'm buying things, you know, when I'm negotiating, I always see this beautiful end product. Um, like we've, we've done a lot of flips and I really enjoy flips because of like, I, I enjoy the design side of it, right? I really enjoy making a beautiful product at the end. And that is not always the best mindset to have going into a flip, right? Like you should be a little more analytical. And so I've made some mistakes when buying properties to flip that probably weren't the right deals where I, you know, if you're having to convince yourself that something is 70% of the ARV, like if you're really having to convince yourself, it's probably not at those numbers, right? Like it should be pretty clear that, 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 that the numbers make sense. And so I've had a couple of deals where I've, lost money on because I was trying to convince myself that they were good deals. Yeah. And I was telling somebody about this earlier. When I look at deals, you know, I get emotionally involved and I can, even if you're not ever going to occupy the property, you envision owning the property and you you get, you get into it and it is Mm -hmm. difficult. It's so difficult. And everybody says, well, it's investing. There's no emotion. I'm calling BS. I don't think that is investing. Nobody gets into investing just purely for the numbers. It's all for a bigger reason. It's tied to some sort of emotion, whether it's financial freedom or like you're saying, you like to, you know, make properties look nice and and you think that's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, you're going to make money off it, but there's so much emotion in everything we do. It's silly that people say, well, it's just investing. There's no emotion. And I, I said that for a long time, so I'm not calling people out. But right, you know, there is, and like real estate is very different uh, than like stocks, for example, mm-hmm. where 
you see a house and it, it's, it could be like an awesome location, like a really cool house, it's, especially when you get into the short-term rental world. Like these are really, really cool properties that you get to work with. Yeah. And it's hard not to just get fascinated by, oh, I get to own this piece of like real estate, this really, really cool house. But a lot of times those can be the biggest money pits, right? So that's <laughs> that, that's been something I've had to learn to kind of have to balance out. Yeah. No, I, I hear you there. Um, it, Blake, if you had to start over today, is there anything you'd do differently? So I know you've got experience in co-living and short-term rentals and so a little development and flipping. Anything you yeah. would do differently starting over? Jordan Moorhead here. Really quickly, wanted to tell you a couple other ways you can keep track of us. If you want to listen to all these podcasts and ask questions, the Moorhead team on YouTube is the best place to be. And then Austin Real Estate Investors on Meetup is a great place to keep track of all of our meetups we have going on. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I would never change what we did. I'm very, very happy with what we've created. Super blessed to live the life that I have. But when I, when, when I think about it, like if there's anything I could have done differently, I think I would have made things a lot more simple. Um, when we talked about like getting emotional and deals and like wanting things to look pretty, like I envisioned having this like super cool business and like the best logo and like all the things. I don't know that that's like really the right way to go. Mm-hmm. When I look at like when I meet other real estate investors and and they say, "Hey, I have a hundred single family properties and I have a property manager that manages them all," and you know I check on my properties, but you know it's pretty simple. There's a lot of like I, I kind of admire a lot of that. Like that sounds very straightforward, easy to understand. I can actually really appreciate that. A lot of what we do like with co living and short term rentals. There's a lot of like nuance involved and you get into the weeds with a lot of stuff and I enjoy it. And I, now I fully know and understand it, but you know, for someone starting out, like it's not hard to, you know, just get a regular long-term rental and a cash flowing market and just kind of go straight forward from there. So that's yeah. probably what would, you know, if, if, if I was going to do anything different, I would <laughs> do something completely opposite of what we did. Yeah. It's just so hard to focus too. I mean, I hear what you're saying yeah. and you know, it, it's really effective just to be systematic and and focused and just do the same thing over and over. Yes. But yes. it's so hard to do that because you say, hey, well, the short-term rental thing looks good. Or, hey, these uh, buying long-term rentals in this market looks good. Or, or hey, we're going to build or we're going to flip. And, and right. it, it's all good. I think that's the hard part is it's all good. It's all great. Yeah. But It's all good. and But it, it definitely slows you down whenever you're you start off and you're trying to do too, too many things at once. Cause that was definitely us when we first started. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you start really basic and simple and straightforward and you can build more verticals as you go. But yeah, I think we had delayed success because we just tried to take over the world and on, on day one, I don't know. That's the right, that's the right way to go. Yeah. yeah you're, you're passionate and excited and it's hard to not yeah. try to do that. So I, I, I can, absolutely relate and i love that um so speaking of that what are your long-term goals and where do you see your real estate investing career taking you um well we love the boutique hotel space so one thing that really interests me about the boutique hotel space is you have this crowd that is all for hotels that like the consistency that like the cleanliness that like the level of customer service you get you have this crowd that's all for the short-term rental, Airbnb, the local experience, the unique, the full kitchen, the amenities, like all the cool stuff that you get in Airbnbs. 
And one thing that we're doing with boutique hotels is we're trying to kind of merge both of those ideologies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, our, our 14 unit boutique hotel, it's, it's awesome. It's super unique. We're still building it out, but, um, we have 11 active units out of, out of the 14, but I think about that property less than I think about any of my short-term rentals that we manage. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we have the efficiency of scale where we can have on-site people. Uh, we have cleaners there every single day because we're always having turnover. So there's always eyes on the property. Um, and we can afford to do nicer things in, in the units because we have other units that are generating income. So I don't know. I, I, I can... I'm really getting behind the vision in the in, in the boutique hotel, in the boutique hotel space. Plus, it's fun, um, and so that's kind of where we're focused on now for like our personal acquisitions. We just want to focus on really raising money to go and purchase more boutique hotel deals or experiential properties, as I call them. Um, that's kind of where I see the future of the short-term rental space going. So that's what we're focused on in the investing space for our management company. Um, we're likely going to hit over a hundred units on the short-term rental side wow. uh, by, by middle of next year, which, which I'm excited about just looking at kind of what we're forecasting about what we have down the pipeline. So that's one thing that we're, that, that we're really focused on and, uh, yeah, just optimizing that business. Love it. I love the boutique hotel space too. I think that's, a, it's such a cool concept. Um, it, like you said, it's so easy, just like a hotel, but you do get some of those unique experiences and yeah, it's just such a different experience. And you just don't, you, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get with a short-term rental, but I feel like you, you can rely on somebody that's bought a boutique hotel. And then for you as an investor, it's so much easier to scale, you know, rather than trying yeah. to buy one Airbnb at a time, you're buying 10 or 20 at a time. That's pretty cool. Yes, a hundred percent. And like one really cool thing with, with the boutique hotels is you can have different, um, different like bed count options, basically. Like that's, that's one thing that I'm realizing that, that we're doing that's been really helpful and effective is like one, one of the really cool things about short-term rentals is you can buy a six bedroom, seven bedroom, eight bedroom house that will generate a lot of revenue, right? Those houses do really well. Uh, and so what we started doing was we'll make a, I call it a six bedroom listing and just combine like six rooms, right. Um, just to kind of, you know, in, in a way hack the system, I guess, but just, just, just to show up in those searches. Um, and so with, with boutique hotels, you just have so much more options that, that you could do. So I think that's kind of the, the future for us. Yeah, no, I really love that. Do you have a website or somewhere people can learn more about this boutique hotel in Canyon Lake? Absolutely. So our website for the boutique hotel is called starlighthorizon.com. That's mm-hmm. the name of the of the property. And we're still in phase one, I'm calling it, which is essentially like our build-out phase. We we bought the property as get this, it was 14 cabins that were rented out long term. And they're by the lake, but they're literally wow. cabins, and they're and, and they're by the lake. It was perfect; like it was begging to be short-term rentals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we purchased it on like a standard multifamily cap rate, and essentially are completely like flipping each cabin, and um, 
and we're building an amazing pool, tons of amenities out there, just making it like its own getaway. Our goal with that is to get people to want to go to the property um, as like its own destination, not because they're in town, like they're in Cane Lake or New Braunfels or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that sounds really cool. I'll definitely check that out here too. Do you have a book you like to recommend, Blake? Um, yeah, so two books I, I would say that I could recommend. One of them being the Five Regrets of the Dying by Bronnie Ware. Heard about it. Um, I read it. Oh, man, that was probably one of the more life-changing books I ever read. Don't know if it was a true story or not. They say it is. But um, basically, it's this lady that she uh, she worked in hospice, I think. And she worked there for like 20 years or something. And she just like categorized, or categorized the, the top regrets of everyone that, that she met. Mm -hmm. And wrote a book about the top five and told all these amazing stories. And it blew me away and really just changed the way I look at life. Um, and then another one that I absolutely love, um, this isn't a business book or anything like it, it, it's, it, it's called everybody always by Bob Goff, mm -hmm. um, freaking phenomenal book. Um, really just a good book to like open your heart to the world, which I think is important in life and in business, mm -hmm. uh, talks about like loving people that are difficult to love. Um, and I think that's really important to have a business because 90% of the people that you deal with on a, on a, on a, on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's contractors, vendors, um, you know, wholesalers, whatever, like a lot of people are just not easy to work with. Um, and you kind of have to navigate that. Right. And yeah. so that book really taught me about just loving the people as they are, uh, accepting them who they are. And, um, yeah, that, that, that's been a big life changer for me. That's really cool. I'll have to check that out here too. I've not heard of everybody always. I have heard of five regrets of the dying have not read it. So I'm definitely going to order, order both those and check them out. Um, Blake, is there a best way people can get a hold of you? Uh, yeah, so our our business website is cribsconsulting.com. Mm -hmm. And my I'm most active on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. My Instagram is blake.anthony.carter. And that's my name on Facebook also, Blake Anthony Carter. And same thing on LinkedIn. Awesome. So cribsconsulting.com at blake.anthony.carter on Instagram. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on here today, Blake. As always, I'm at Jordan underscore Moorhead on Instagram, and Blake is at Blake.Anthony.Carter on Instagram, and you can check them out at CribsConsulting.com. Yep. Absolutely excited to check out these books you've recommended, Blake, and then check out your boutique hotel there in Canyon Lake, too. I appreciate it. All right, man. Well, have a great day, and we'll talk here soon.